Hello and welcome to another edition of the Daily Gophers Skyu Podcast. This is not your usual host, Chris, aka Go AU Fur. Um, he is out on sick leave. Um, I would like to say for the record, uh, we've not received a doctor's note, so I'm a little skeptical, but uh, we'll just have to, you know, trust him now. Um, I'm here with Andy, uh, Gopher Guy 05. Yeah, with both him and Street out, I almost feel like I have to work overtime. I should uh, see a little extra in my check this month, but something tells me that's not going to be the case. Right, you know, we can keep sending those emails to Deadspin, but, you know, it's just never, we're never going to see anything. But, yeah, that's 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 a cross we bear. So, um, as you all know, we just had the game against Illinois on Saturday, um, kind of a third bye week for the season. Um, so nice to have one of those nice and easy wins um, for a change. Uh, if you want to hear some post-game thoughts, I know Andy and um, Street did Great Takes, uh, Less Filling um, podcast on Saturday, so go ahead and check that out if you want to get some more uh, post-game Illinois thoughts before you close the book on them and look ahead to Nebraska. Before we do get to Nebraska, which we will, um, some awards list news uh, happened this week if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Rashad Bateman, the Gophers sophomore wide receiver, uh, was named to the Blitnikoff watch list. Um, wasn't on the preseason list, but obviously after these first five games, um, I believe he leads the Big Ten um, in receiving yards per game at this point. So he's now Blitnikoff Award uh, watch list uh, member. So that'll be something to watch. And hopefully I think if he continues to play as well as he has these first five games, uh, I think he's going to be in the conversation at least for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's he's definitely impressed, and as we said, as, as Tyler Johnson has been taking a little bit less of a role, um, but still being there. But yeah, Bateman, as you said, is leading the Big Ten in receiving yards with 107.4 yards per game. He's ninth in all-purpose yards in the league, um, and his 537 yards through five games puts him ninth in the country, uh, tied for eighth in the nation with a 23.35 yard per catch average and has eight catches of 25 or more. Um, I think one of the other stats, which is, you know, you don't think about, but Bateman has at least one catch in every single game he's played in his career. Which, I mean, yeah, that, that that's 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 a crazy stat. I mean, it, I think that's, you know, no, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, he's got at least one catch in every single game. Um, across the 1,000-yard career-receiving uh, barrier against Purdue, uh, making him the second fastest gopher behind Ryan Thelwell to get there in just 17 games. Thelwell did it in 15. So, um, yeah, Rashad Bateman finally getting the recognition he deserves is one of the up and coming receivers in the country. And if he uh, continues to have another, uh, seven regular season games, like his first five, he definitely should be in the, uh, conversation for bare minimum first team all big 10 if not uh, getting some national honors as we as we get towards the end of the year it's just crazy to me that you know i love tyler johnson and everything but we came into the season with him being you know the all big 10 receiver last year and all of a sudden bateman's just blown right past him and i mean i think that's obviously them keying in on john tj those first couple of games definitely helped rashad but i think he's earned everything he's gotten at this point so very cool to see him on the Blitnikoff watch list. And with that, I think we'll move on to the Cornhuskers. Uh, primetime matchup Saturday night at TCF Bank Stadium. Um, Andy, you got a hint at the forecast for us? I heard it's going to be 60s uh, and sunny. Yeah, you know, I, I only <laughs> wish it's going to be 60s and sunny for myself personally. Who uh, I, I've got to bust out the uh, the winter gear a lot earlier than I, uh, I have in the past few years. But yes, uh, if you believe the uh, the Weather Channel, which, uh, you know, you're, you're 
you're right to it whether you're not the current game time forecast is uh light rain slash snow showers 39 degrees and a 15 to 20 mile per hour west southwest wind um that that's not going to be pleasant at all um you know it, it's definitely going to be one of those games that uh you're just going to have to to gut it out and, and deal with the conditions and i think uh you know, reading some of the things that uh, the PJ Fleck and the Gopher staff have been trying to put the team through this week in practice to try and get them ready. Um, you know, whether that will have any actual physical effect or if it's just be a psychological effect, we'll have to wait till Saturday. But uh, I think Minnesota will be ready for the conditions. I guess the question will be uh, if, if Nebraska will be ready or not. You know, Nebraska, they've had a bit of an what I would call an up and down season so far. They opened the year uh, against South Alabama, a team that's now one in five, and the Cornhuskers kind of had some some trouble with them. They only won thirty five twenty one, and you know, three of their touchdowns were or two were defensive. One was a special teams touchdown, so it wasn't exactly the most efficient offensive performance. Uh, but you know, it's week one, you kind of brush that off a little bit. But week two, they actually blew a seventeen zero halftime lead to Colorado, um, ended up losing in overtime thirty four thirty one to put them at one and one. Uh, bounce back the following week, Northern Illinois trounced them, you know, forty-five or forty-four to eight. Um, the following week had uh, what probably should have been a loss to Illinois. I think they trailed um, by at least two touchdowns several times throughout the game. And they only led, I think, with like seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter uh, when they took a forty-two thirty-eight lead. So, not a great uh, defensive performance for the Blackshirts, even though they got the win. And then, you know, speaking of. Poor Blackshirts performance the week after that. They faced Ohio State and lost uh, 48-7. And then got a little bit of a reprieve. They faced, you know, Ohio State's really good offense and then faced Northwestern's really bad offense. I think it's one of the worst in the Big Ten, if not one in the country. Um, They won that slap fight 13-10 on the last second field goal. So they're sitting at, you know, 4-2, 2-1 in the the Big Ten. Uh, offensively, it's, there's a big question mark as to whether or not um, Agent Martinez will be ready. I personally, just knowing the Gophers' luck in this situation, although they have faced, I think, three consecutive backup quarterbacks uh, in these last three games, I, I'm guessing he'll play. And I know him and um, the wide receiver, J.D. Spielman, were both banged up against Northwestern, but are practice, reportedly practicing or in pads this week. So, But I don't think we'll know. Um, for sure until Saturday warm-ups. Um, the offense itself, uh, even when Martinez is in there, has been pretty inconsistent. Like, you know, against Northwestern Ohio State, they, they managed, you know, 20 points combined. But then they play teams like Colorado, North Illinois, Illinois, um, and they're averaging, you know, 39 points per game. So that's probably your textbook definition of inconsistent. Um, Martinez came into the season um, – with Heisman hype, I don't know whether that's real, real or not. Um, the media certainly stirred it up, and I don't. I think he's very much out of the conversation. Um, he's only completed you know sixty percent of his passes, and he's looked pretty pedestrian against you know Ohio State, Northwestern. Both have you know pretty good defenses, though. Um, it, Martinez, the big thing that worries me is he um, is by far their best rusher. He's got like eighty-five rush attempts through six games, which seems like a lot to me for a quarterback, but he is their leading rusher. Um, but I kind of see why, um, considering they haven't really got much of the run game going. Um, their offensive line is um, the source of a lot of <laughs> anguish for the Cornhusker fan base. Um, and their two running backs, Maurice Washington, Dedrick Mills, really haven't been able to find uh, much running room so far. So it's no surprise that they lean on uh, Martinez heavily in the run game, and he can cause a lot of problems um, for opposing defenses when he gets outside the pocket. I mean, I especially watched 
um, the Illinois game where he just kind of ran roughshod over them. But um, they do have another athlete um, that they have used to kind of get the running game going. That's um, Wandale Robinson. He's technically a wide receiver, but at the start of conference play, they started utilizing him more at running back as well. And I think over the last two games, he's racked up 370-some all-purpose yards, you know, receiving and rushing. So he's going to be one that they're definitely going to want to key in on defense. Um, then they've got a pretty good one-two punch at receiver with, you know, Robinson and Spielman. Spielman, um, Minnesota native, I think he's a junior this year, um, leads the team with 21 receptions for 410 yards. Um, again, he was also banged up against um, Northwestern, so we'll kind of see what his status is for Saturday. But, um, so yeah, those to me, those are the big three names on this offense, Martinez, Spielman, and Robinson. Robinson, to me, is kind of like, reminds me a lot of Rondell Moore. He's just a threat to score every time he touches the ball. Um, so I think tackling and, and making sure you're keeping your assignments and maintaining run fits on Saturday is going to be huge um, defensively. I just don't, I don't think they have a ton of talent at wide receiver. I think they've got, obviously, Robinson and Spielman up there, but I just don't think the depth is there yet in terms of recruiting. So this will be an interesting matchup. I you know They put up a lot of points uh, against other teams, So and Minnesota's been leaky at times, but... Um, they obviously had a very encouraging uh, game against Illinois, so hopefully that kind of carries over, especially if this is going to be sort of a ground-and-pound game uh, based on the weather conditions. Um, defensively, if that's um, what the Gophers plan to do against Nebraska's uh, defense, uh, <laughs> that should bode well uh, against the run. The Huskers have uh, one of the worst defenses in the country, and they're allowing about an average of 167 yards per game, um, which is definitely in the bottom half of uh, college football. Um, obviously, part of that is having played Ohio State, who's currently putting up you know video game numbers against anyone and everyone that they play. Um, but lesser teams uh, have also had success running the ball against North, or, or against Nebraska. Uh, Illinois, I think, had 220 yards. Um, and barely passed the ball that entire game. And then Northwestern just this last week had 157 yards. And then, it, I, honestly, that's kind of a surprise to me um, because they've got a pretty strong um, defensive line up front. They've got a pair of seniors, um, nose, tack and, nose tackle Darren Daniels and uh, defensive end Carlos Davis um, that are pretty good. They do operate out of a base 3-4 defense, um, so that puts a lot of pressure on the linebackers to stop the run. And they do have... A fairly veteran unit led by uh, senior leading tackle Muhammad Berry, one of those guys who feels like he's been there five or six years. But um, Northwestern zone read rushing attack did give them a lot of problems on Saturday. I don't know how much that'll factor in against Minnesota because you don't see Tanner doing a lot because that's more of a RPO offense. We don't really see Tanner running the ball a lot. Um, I know that that gave Nebraska a lot of fits because the Wildcat quarterback um, – for Northwestern is pretty good, or at least on their ground. But so we'll see them attacking the run probably pretty consistently, especially if it's you know poor weather conditions. Um, against the pass, I would say Nebraska's not that great either. Um, against the teams that aren't great at passing, they've been pretty good. Um, but against all other teams, um, they've they've let up a lot of yards. I know they got beat a lot um, by slant routes, especially over the middle of the field uh, against Northwestern, which I don't know if you saw. The Minnesota-Purdue game, uh, big fan of slant and crossing routes. Um, and those worked pretty well. Um, I think Nebraska has tried to adjust to that um, by shifting more to nickel. They've got a, a linebacker named Jojo Doman um, that they've shifted over to nickel back to try and 
match get some better matchups there um, in the secondary to stop teams from you know just torching them over the middle. But um, we'll definitely see how um, Kirk Schrock attacks that Nebraska defense because I do think there's some vulnerabilities here um, on def- on defense in the secondary and against the run. Um, and the Gophers in there in these last few games have shown that they can do both. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see um, which way they lean come Saturday. But I definitely think it'll be a close matchup. Uh, I don't think that Minnesota is, you know, leaps and bounds better than Nebraska. I think Nebraska is a better team than, you know, Illinois and Purdue. But, uh, Andy, how are you feeling about this matchup? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think this is a this is a matchup where Minnesota should be able to uh, exploit their uh, their strengths against the Nebraska weaknesses. Um, as you said, uh, Nebraska is very vulnerable to the slant route. Well, if you've paid any attention to the Gophers at all, uh, you know that both TJ Bateman and Crab love those slant routes. Uh, the best thing about that is you wait until Nebraska is biting on the slant and then you run the sluggo. Uh, as you saw, Mr. Bateman absolutely embarrass a defensive back for Purdue. Um, so I think if the weather is, is allowable for the uh, pass game to happen, I think that's a big advantage for the Gophers. Um, another thing that I think will be helpful for Minnesota is they've got, uh, it sounds like, all three of their uh, big three running backs back and healthy. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, obviously, He's missed the last three games uh, with a non-contact leg injury. Uh, P.J. Fleck in his press conference on, on Tuesday said he is back healthy, 100%. Um, so throw him into the mix along with uh, Rodney Smith and, and Shannon Brooks, who, who ran all over the Illini last week, and uh, hopefully the Gophers should be able to keep uh, getting some push on that. And you know, If you listen to great takes, you heard uh, Street and I uh, giving a lot of credit to the Gopher offensive line. Um, and, and really for doing a great job and, and really is starting to gel and come together in its own. So that's that's something that hopefully Minnesota can continue to look forward to. Um, another place where I think, especially if the weather's crappy, Minnesota probably has a little bit a bit of an edge is going to be on the special teams as well. Uh, Nebraska's kicker is a walk-on safety turned kicker because their main kicker is uh, well hasn't played yet this season and probably is now looking at taking a redshirt year uh, due to an injury he suffered in camp so uh, he, he nailed the uh, the game-winning kick against Northwestern on uh, on Saturday uh, but it was no gimme and uh, his range is probably honestly in about the mid-30s and, and with the uh, the questionable weather um, I would not be surprised to see both Minnesota and Nebraska doing a lot of going for it on fourth down if it's uh, fourth and short in the in the opposing territory um so yeah i think i think minnesota matches up well uh but they're gonna have to execute they did against uh purdue in the first half they did a little bit less in the second half they did against illinois for most of the full game except for uh tanners making the the two mistakes the the interception and and the not getting rid of the ball or not uh, not you know protecting the ball on that on that uh strip sack touchdown so uh, Nebraska's going to have better athletes probably than the Illini did, so Minnesota's going to have to do their best to match up against just raw talent. But uh, hopefully, if the Gophers really are serious about uh, getting their heads around this revenge tour, and it appears after the first week they are, um, if, if Minnesota comes and plays their game, they should be in uh, good shape on Saturday night. Well, we'll get to predictions in a little bit, but first I want to kind of take a little tour around the Athletes' Village. 
because we got news on other sports. You know, it's, we're not just a football school. Um, basketball this week, men's basketball, we got kind of good news, bad news. Um, the bad news is a little more um, near term. Um, Eric Curry um, perpetually injured, um, injured his other knee, uh, not the one that he injured last year um, in practice, so he's out indefinitely. Um, the good news is that the Gophers got a commitment, their first commitment, I, th- I think their first commitment of the 2021 class, uh, Martise Mitchell. Um, Andy, you know, I'm, I know basics about basketball. Can you kind of fill us in on what they're losing in Curry this season and maybe what Martise brings next year or the potential that he has as a recruit? Yeah, you know, we'll have to. I'll give you the uh, the overview. Is we'll have to wait till we get to either Street or, or Zips back to give you the the nitty details. But uh, yeah, no, Eric Curry. That's another huge blow. Curry is basically has missed the last two seasons with injury, and it sure sounds like um, he's going to be probably missing a good chunk, if not the entire season, again this year. Uh, it's his opposite knee that he uh, has been dealing with issues the last year and a half or so. Um, it sounds like the rumor mill is saying it sounds like it might be another ACL and that nobody's come out and confirmed that yet. Um, but obviously if it is, he's out for another season and then you have to worry if he'll ever get back having missed basically the majority of the last three years. Um, he definitely was going to be the backup power forward center in the offense. Um, you know, coming in instead of uh, uh, blanking on our sophomore center's name. Um but now you're going to see a lot more of Omersa. You're going to see a lot more probably of Sam Freshman as a, uh, Sam Freeman as a true freshman. Um, so it hurts the Gophers' depth primarily. Um, you know we're going to have to try and find get some players to step up who weren't going to play as large roles. Um, you know how that will work out for the team and and the Richard Patino's future. Uh, all of the above. Uh, only time will tell. But uh, Patino did get his first recruit of the 2020 class, uh, Martise Mitchell. He's out of Chicago. Uh, he's top 150 player, uh, four-star, 124th ranked player in the country by 24-7, uh, 6'10", 190. So he's he's a slimmer build. He'll have to put on some weight for sure before he's going to become a factor. Uh, but he's got raw shot-blocking talent. Um, he basically blew up over the summer. He wasn't really that, uh, that regarded, but had a great AAU summer. Um, you know, it, it looks like that uh, he'll be able to, uh, you know, step in, be a shot blocker, be a be a scoring threat from inside about five, 15 feet. He's got to work on his rebounding a little bit, uh, but hopefully over the next year and a half or so, he can he can work on some of those skills before he shows up to the U. Um, another potential recruiting tidbit: uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. Yes, the son of former NBA and former Kentucky star Jamal Mashburn. Uh, he announced that he will be selecting his school on Monday. Uh, Seems like the two finalists are down to Minnesota and Cal um, with a lot of steam coming towards the Gophers. He he was in town for an official visit last weekend and seemed like it went really well. So um, the Gophers have one recruit right now in the 2020 class. They may have two here uh, by by Monday, so we'll just have to see how things are going. But, uh, But a tough blow for Eric Curry definitely bringing down the program this week. And as always, we'll keep you posted if they get um, any more recruits committed. And if we receive any more updates on um, Eric as he progresses, I'm sure there will be little to talk about with him in the future. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about the team as the season gets going. Um, Shifting gears, uh, Andy, how's the volleyball team doing? 
yeah, volleyball continues their strong season, still undefeated in the Big Ten. Uh, they beat Rutgers last Saturday 3-1, to one, which you think Rutgers, Rutgers is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, and we lost a set to them. Well, if you look closely, you'll see that uh, Hugh McCutcheon sat at least three, if not four, of the Gophers starters for the game. Like, they did, did not even play. Um, so he definitely sent out the B team a little bit, and they still had no problem dealing with Rutgers. Um so that that's a, it was a you know a rest weekend to gear up for what's going to be a big week this week. Uh, the Gophers move up to number six in the national polls. They take on two really tough road opponents. They're playing uh, as we record this Wednesday night. They're playing at number seventeen Illinois right now. Gophers with an early one zero lead uh, over the Illini. And then Sunday, uh, they take on the hottest team in the nation. Oh, it just happens to be arch rival, the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin moves all the way up to number 7 from the rankings from about number 14 or 15 this week uh, as they beat Penn State at home and then went to number 2 Nebraska and swept the Cornhuskers in three sets in Lincoln. The first time Lincoln had been swept at home in, I think they said, 15 years or something like that. So uh, the Badgers, definitely one of the hottest teams in the country, and the Gophers get to go into Madison and take on Sunday uh, for what it could be a potential uh, game to determine who takes the lead in the the Big Ten standings as we move on. So, um, you know, Minnesota dealing with a bit of an injury bug, too. Kylie Miller, their setter transfer from UCLA, one of those starters who didn't play against Rutgers. She's also not playing against Illinois right now. Uh, She's been injured. She's missed a couple of different uh, matches here. But uh, Bailey McMiniman, sophomore setter uh, from Florida, who didn't see much action at all behind uh, Samantha Seeliger-Swenson, last season, uh, has stepped in and played masterfully the last few games for the Gophers, uh, really played a big role in their success, and uh, hopefully they're not missing too much of a beat with her in the lineup rather than Miller, but you'd like to have the uh, full roster back, hopefully, for the trip to Madison on Sunday. All right, so certainly something to watch there with the border battle kind of getting heated. Uh, I'll be keeping my eye on that one. Uh, now to Andy's bread and butter, women's hockey and men's hockey. Give us, give us the update. Where are we standing? Well, we'll go. We'll go to the ice. Uh, women's hockey continues their undefeated early season. They went down to Mankato to start the WCHA season last week, and the Gophers had no problems with the Mavericks. Uh, they came away with a win Friday night by the score of six nothing, and then. Uh, gave up a late goal on Saturday to win 7-1. Sydney Scobie uh, named WCHA Goaltender of the Week for her performance. She played in both games. Uh, Alex Goldstein, the, the other goalie who split time with Scobie a year ago, uh, played one period the first game against Colgate and left with what a, people are saying is an apparent head or neck injury. Uh, nobody's getting more details, but she did not dress at all for the series at Mankato last week. So that'll be something to watch, but at least Scobie so far is, is taking the role and stepping into the number one goalie role and, and been so far uh, so good for the Gophers. Uh, they jump back to non-conference play. They head out to Pittsburgh, uh, take on Robert Morris in a Friday-Saturday afternoon series. Um, Robert Morris has been one of the Better teams in the CHA conference the last couple of years, but still shouldn't be too tough a task for the Gophers. Um, they should be able to go to the road and, and get a couple of easy wins this weekend. 
Men's hockey gets their season kicked off this weekend for real. They uh, tied Mount Royal 2-2 in an exhibition last Sunday. Um, you know, can't really tell much from that as they played all three goalies a period and, and definitely were rotating extra guys, things like that. Uh, but they start the season for real Friday night at Colorado College, an old WCHA opponent who I don't think the Gophers have played since the collapse of the original WCHA. Uh, they'll head out to Colorado Springs. In fact, uh, I saw something tweeted out that they actually left today uh, to travel out to Colorado Springs to get their players a couple days to get used to the altitude. Um, probably not a bad call by, call by Coach Motzko, but uh, I think you're going to see Jack LaFontaine, the transfer from Michigan, junior goaltender. He's probably going to get the opening night start in net. Uh, they return uh, several scores, Sammy Walker, Blake McLaughlin being the most notable. Um, we'll have a full preview up on the blog here by, by Friday, so go ahead and check it out. But, uh, yeah, it, it's hockey season. Both men's and women's now are getting going, and, uh, you know, basketball will be starting soon. Football's in high swing, so things are things are getting busy around campus here, and, uh, you know, we'll have, a, we'll have a lot to cover here on the blog. So stick with us, and, and hopefully uh, you'll enjoy our content here coming up in the next few weeks. See, so much to be excited about. So it's a great time to be a gopher right now. Uh, no more apparent than on Saturday when the Gophers take on Nebraska at TCF Bank Stadium at 6.30. I assume everyone listening to this is going to be there. Um, obviously, I, I can't be there. I uh, would if I could. Um, but hopefully, you're all going to pack the bank. Um, the The concern I have for this game is, you know, the Gophers are undefeated. First time 5-0 since, I think, 2003-2004. Um, ranked in the top 25. Lots of optimism. You know, we've had a lot of good news this week. It just seems like that classic moment of go for letdown. Um, Andy, what's your prediction? Do you see, is this the game that they, you know, always trip up? To, or is this team, you know, different? Are they finally going to get over that hump? You know, maybe maybe it's just the optimism going around, but I think I think at least early this team is different. Um, you know, I think had this been, had this been a, a team like an, Indiana or something like that who who we don't often see and we didn't have a ton of history with. I could see the slip-up happening maybe potentially this week, but I think uh, this team knows what Nebraska did to them in Lincoln last year, just like they know what Illinois did to them last year, and I think they're pretty focused going into this game. Um, you know, P.J. Fleck has been working on them, getting them ready for the conditions, pouring water down Tanner Morgan's back, putting the receiver's hands in ice water buckets, uh, trying to get them really focused and ready, and I think uh, I think they're going to show off, you you know, I, I, I do the spread right now is uh, Minnesota by seven and a half. Um, you know, I'd like to optimistically say we're going to get there, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit tighter than that. But uh, I do see the Gophers pulling it out, keeping it tight, but pulling away for a 28-24 victory and going to 6-0 and and getting bowl eligible Saturday evening. Blake? Bold. Bold. But, you know, I think I'm uh, – I, 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 the optimism is infectious, I'll, I'll admit. Um, I do think against my, you know, it's one of those things where my head tells me one thing, my gut tells another. Um, my gut's told me that I think they win this one. 30-28, uh, I think it's going to be a really close game. I'd be surprised either way if it's, you know, if either team wins by more than one score, if that. Um, I just think, yeah, this what we've seen so far from this team, they're resilient. They're, I mean, they're really good on offense. This is a team that's put up at least 35 points in every in the last four games. Um, so I just don't think we've seen this kind of this kind of dynamic offense, both running the ball and through the air, 
um, in quite some time. And the defense, I think, is playing really well right now. I think this is just a team that's clicking on all cylinders. I think the conditions uh, may or may not affect them. I, I hope it's one of those games where it's just that's not that big of a factor, but who knows. But um, I do think the Gophers will come out on top, but we'll find out for sure on Saturday. Um, and with that, we'll bid you farewell and see you next week. Uh, row the boat, Skyima, go Gophers! Go Gophers, row the boat!